Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. So as we got into Exodus and we begin to read here, and we begin to realize that, that he will remember. If we'll cry out, he'll remember. The sixth chapter of Exodus, remember I said I'm going to let you walk right back through here. It's real nice of me to do it this way. Exodus 6, looking four. And I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, wherein they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. So again, he remembers the covenant. Now, as I said, I'm not backward about reminding him. He said, remind me. Uh, He wants to be reminded. So I'm not a bit backward of reminding him, of saying, "Now, now, Lord, you know, this is old Deckard here. And Lord God, being raised the way I was raised, serving you in the way that I've served you, I have kept the covenant now. I walk up right before you as righteous as I know how. I repent daily. And Lord God, remember me. Remember me. Now, you don't have to say remember us all. Just remember me. Does that sound selfish? A little bit. But the fact of it is, folks, Maybe all of us aren't hurting like you're hurting right now or, or, where, or next week or tomorrow or whatever it is. The, the key is, is to understand that you have a personal God and you are in personal favor with this personal God. And I don't think enough of us understand that. I think we went through a thing with the charismatic movement where God became our best buddy. Jesus was our, our, our brother, remember? Brother Jesus. And, and, and you know what that was? That was, uh, that was borderline, and as far as I was concerned, blaspheme. Because the fact of it is, he isn't a brother. He's God. He's to be feared. And one of the problems we have today in the church, nobody fears God. You want me to tell you why? Because we still judge, and we still sow discord, and we still hate each other and think God's going to bless us. No, he's not. And I don't care how much of a covenant keeper you are. If you can't see, we never got the rudiments, the first of the rudiments of God as Christians. We never learned. Some of us now in the fellowships, you're teaching the fruit of the Spirit. The church never uh, produced fruit. What the church produced is judging each other and sowing discord about each other. That's what we produced. It killed us physically. It killed us spiritually, not as unto everlasting death, but as the operation of the anointing within us here on this earth. And then all of a sudden, we think that God owes us something. God owes you nothing if you break the covenant, and you can't move the hand of God. When you become an abomination because you sow discord, you are an abomination. You know what that simply means? You will get nothing from God. Nothing. Does that mean God didn't love you? You read and study it. 
And when you, when you get into those, God says you've become an enemy to me. God has got a lot of enemies going to sit in church Sunday morning. They don't even know they're enemies. They are enemies of God. You say, well, how can it be? How can it be? How can it be? It's easy when you begin to understand something. There's blessings and there's cursings. You choose. And it all is chosen within the occiput of God's Word. It's got nothing to do, bless God, with, with whether or not you and I, you and I believe or think that, bless God, we can move the hand of God because I came to church three Sundays in a row. That's me, Lord. Don't forget me. Now, Lord... <clears throat> Now, I want this, and I need that. I need this over here, and I need that over there. And, Lord, if I get these things, okay? And if you haven't uh, gotten, I think we got it back on the table, the thing I did on structured uh, prayer, that's back on the table. I, did I do that up in Red Wing? I thought I did. You Red Wing folks got to hear that. Uh, the rest of you need to pick it up and study it about six weeks in a row and, and make notes and, and then make some more notes. But, you see, we're going to have to get with the program. We, what we have done is we have tried in, in, in a, a human fashion to become dignified with this thing. And until we're capable of coming to him with a broken and a contrite spirit and humbling ourselves before Almighty God and realizing we don't know, and I love this word, a cockeyed thing except him. That's all we know. We, we, folks, we have tried to empower ourselves with thinking that we know so much about all this right here that we have absolutely fooled ourselves. And the reason we fool ourselves is because we have not been around ministry that has absolutely, absolutely, without any turn of shot, demanded that we at least go back and get the oracles right first. The very simple things that we were to do. And you want to know something? If there's one thing that's going to happen in this last move of God, it's going to be that. We're going to learn to love each other. We're going to learn to bless God stand up for each other. We're going to learn that you don't come to me and start talking about my brother or my sister because I'm not going to put up with it. It's going to get to such a point that, that bless God, that, that members of con these congregations are going to stand up and say, I would like to have brother, brother and Sister Smith to stand up this morning because I, as a brother and sister, want to report that they're sowing discord right here in this assembly about my brother and sister such and such, and I won't tolerate that. What is that? That's love. That is bringing us to the task of God's Word. And we won't do that because, see, we're too interested at this point in time, in trying to build kingdoms for ourselves. You don't act that way. You don't, you don't bless God, you don't want a real prophet around because every once in a while I'll walk down the aisles and I'll stand people up and start talking to them about the sin that God's dealt with them for how many months and weeks and years that hadn't come out of their life, and you better get it out, thus saith the Lord God, and here's what the sin is. Folks, that ain't no fun. But you want to know something? That's about the only way this thing can work anymore. This isn't a game of seeing how many people we can get in a room. It isn't a game to see if we, bless God, we can buy helicopters and airplanes. This is a game that's called the greatest exodus that's ever happened on the face of this earth. Are you going to be in it? Or are you just going to stand back and act like you want to be in it? Are you going to pay the price to be part of this thing and, bless God, learn to love your brothers and sisters as Christ loved us? 
And if you're not, you want to know something? You've not only wasted your time this weekend, you're wasting your time, period. Because it's not going to work without it. We're going to go back and do this thing right. It's got to be done right. They did it right in the book of Acts. They were able to, they, they come through it. God did what? He poured out the power in him. See, I, I'm expecting as, as this weekend, uh, as tonight, tomorrow, tomorrow evening, a Sunday, as this builds because of the fasting and prayer that's going into it, I'm expecting, I'm expecting a big time thing of God happening in here in this room. And it's going to. Why? Because you see, that's what they did there in Acts. If we can begin to put this thing together and begin to, to, to demonstrate to you the power of the anointing and get you to the place where you'll understand, I too can do that. Do you know what keeps you from doing what I do? You. Now, maybe not everybody in this room is going to raise the dead. I don't know that through the name of Yeshua. But I'm going to tell you something. There's nobody in this room that cannot lay hands on the sick and then not recover. That is what we're supposed to be doing, brothers and sisters. That isn't an old golly, gee, I got lucky this weekend. Okay? That's what I've done for well over 35 years. And I say 35 because I was doing it a couple years before I got in the ministry. It's not whether or not it might work. It's just looking for somebody to work it on. Next! And people say, well, you get a little arrogant about this. You bet I do. I serve a living God. I serve a God that can open oceans. I serve a God that can feed us from heaven. You think I'm concerned about what happens in these last days with all this hell that's come to this earth? No, 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 the angels just come feed me and my family. You said, well, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, that's big talk. He's a big God. He says he's no respecter of persons. He said, what I've done for one, I'll do for all. If he fed them, he's got to feed us. There's no choice in this thing. If we'll keep the covenant, he has to take care of us. And you know the other side of it? He's going to take care of us. Your neighbors, your friends, family, the blessed God has thought us to be a little weird, you know. Be careful with the guy with the beanie and the cape, you know. But they're going to come. The reason they're going to come is because you are going to work the works of God. You're going to work the works of God. I'm not going to be able to come to all of your homes and bless God. No, 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 no. I demonstrate the power of the anointing. I can teach you how to operate within the anointing. I can teach you who you are in Him. The rest of it is just a matter of you showing up Next, I'll never forget. I used to go in uh, in, in now in a coffee shop, and I'd go in, and and at first they didn't know what I was doing. And I'd go in, I'd sit down at a table, and I said, "Anybody sick here?" No, well, no. I'd just get up and go next time. Say, "Is there any sick here?" And finally, somebody <laughs> would say, "Yeah, I, I haven't been feeling good." Throw that book open, read a few scriptures. I said, you believe that? God said this? Yeah. I said, that's all it takes. Lay my hand on be healed in the name of Jesus. And they got healed. Now, it didn't take long to watch that coffee shop clear out. 
that see me come in and everybody get real funny. They get to the, they're drinking that coffee, spilling that coffee, and they just got, and I'd end up setting there by myself. Now, the proprietor didn't like that very well, to say the least. He finally said, I think you're running off all my customers. And I said, no, Jesus is running them off. I said, they can't stand the light. I'd get out on Main Street, and I said, hey, anybody, anybody, you, are you sick? No, anybody sick? What's that about? Possibility thinking. Wow. Woo! Possibility. Whoa, here it is. Whoa, here it is. Here it is. Did everybody you pray, pray for get healed? No. But let me tell you something. majority of them did. You know why? Because of him. I couldn't heal a sick cow, neither can you. But with him, we can do what? All things. It's just a matter of believing. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Wait till I get around to doing the thing I do on faith. You want it, you want it, you, I'm going to tell you what, I'm not real sure the ceiling here is tall enough when we get to that. Because we're going to blow, we're going to blow the roof off of this thing when I do the seminar I do on faith. Why? Because it, we're going to, we're going to get to the place, we, we may have to bless God pour a gallon of oil on you. Okay? Oh, folks, I've, I, you just you need to talk to Donna. I mean, I, you know, I used to pour some, just don't wear anything that can't be cleaned. Okay? I'll give you fair warning. When you hear the prophet say, we're going to pour oil this time, uh, don't come in your best Sunday meeting clothes, okay? And girls, don't worry about your fancy little hairdo. It'll wash out. Because I'm about to, I'm about to, to, to absolutely saturate your hair. Because, see, I, I believe that it ran down even off of his beard. And I believe when you pour oil, you pour oil. And when I start this stuff, I'm, I'm literally, it'll take, for what we got in here, it'll probably take about six, seven gallons of oil for me to get through it. You say, my Lord, do we swim out? No, you just slip and slide out. <laughs> they said, what, what, are they, what, what are they doing out there? Oh, we're just slipping and sliding around. Said, hey, the guy with the bean in the cape, he just throws oil all over the place. Whoop, there it is. Hallelujah. Say, God loves me. Oh. You know, if he didn't, folks, you know, I've always said, and I'm not God, but if I was God, I'd have zapped all of you out a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, then I'd zap for God, then I'd get mad at myself, zap and I'd be gone, then there wouldn't be a God. Okay. One of many reasons, all right. But when God began to see this generation, and he's always seen us, See, that's what I keep trying to say. God is waiting on you. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you to give up and to give in, to get in and get it done. Because if you don't, if we don't, it ain't going to happen, folks. He's got to have us. He had to have them then. He's got to have us now. Had to have the boys and the girls in the book of Acts. He's got to have us now. Most of you in this room are hooked. <laughs> I love that part. You're done hooked. God's got you. You don't care whether you go to Israel today, tomorrow, next week. You just know you're going. It doesn't matter what the devil brings. You know, as Paul said, whether I live or I die, I belong to him. And folks, that's where we've got to come to in this thing. We belong to him. We're not, we, you're, not a, you're not the back of the bus. You're the front of the bus. Hallelujah. Okay? You're the front of the bus. Well, let's get another scripture in here. Uh, Exodus 19. Exodus 19. Now we're getting over here in, in 
that the section I call it, the, the section. 19, first verse, Exodus 19, 1. In the third month, when the children of Israel were going forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they unto the wilderness of Sinai. Uh, for they were departed from Rephidim, and were come to the desert of Sinai, and had pitched in the wilderness, and there Israel camped before the mount. And Moses went up unto God, and God called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say unto the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel. Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bare you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. Now you really need to underline that and understand what he's saying. If you obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, he said, then you're going to become a peculiar treasure. A peculiar treasure. Do you know, if, if you have something in your home that you deem more important than something else, that could be called a peculiar treasure, okay? And he said, you're going to become a peculiar treasure. And, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. There, these are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. So his, his speech to them at that point was very simple. Obey his voice, keep the covenant, covenant so that you can become a, a peculiar uh, uh, treasure unto the Lord God above all the people on the earth. Do you realize what that is saying? That, th that these covenant keepers were seen in the eyes of God above everybody else on the face of this earth. That's the reason that, that, that I have always said that it doesn't matter what comes. It doesn't make me any difference where I'm at when it comes. Whatever it takes, God will do because I am of his covenant. I keep the covenant. I serve him. Ask unto the covenant. I have become that peculiar, that peculiar person. We are that peculiar people. And when you get to believing in and blown, being blown away by the fact that above all the, all the people of, of, of all the earth. See, it's us. It's not them that are looking. Listen to me. God's not looking to the Muslim. You know what he's doing? He's using them to bring judgment. That's what he's doing. He don't, he don't, he don't, you know, they keep saying, our father Abraham, our father Abraham. Well, I've got some words to say that, bless God, I'd have to repent for, and there's no sense in me saying I'm have to repent. But the fact of it is, they can our father Abraham all day long if they want to do that. They are correct in, in, in the verbalization of that thing, but the fact of it is they're completely wrong in the spiritual aspect of it. The land is our land. It was never given to them. The, the blessings came upon who? Upon Isaac. Upon Isaac. Not Ishmael, but Isaac. So the fact of it is that, that, we, that we are. And now, now, their God and our God seems to be the same God. No, 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 no. No, you know, I told him that one time. I said, you know, the thing that I see that I understand about the Muslim religion, is I said that <clears throat> y'all don't give anybody any choices. It's real cut and dried. Either become a, uh, say the prayer and become a Muslim or we kill you. Now, what do you think would happen in the United States of America if we'd have tried that about 100 years ago here? Huh? It wouldn't have worked, would it? No. But the fact of the matter is, they go around, uh, is there seem to be any love in this same God? How come, see what I say, there's not two gods, there's not two people, and there's not two sets of rules. Well, let's stretch that out. 
there's not there's not three sets of people. Okay? There's only one set of people. And the only listen to me, the only way that you can become that is to have entered into this covenant. The Muslim have never entered into the covenant with God. There is no love in the camp. The only thing they have in the camp, of course, you know, they they got this great prophet that has them to strap these bombs on and yeah, I think that's wonderful that people are... How can, you know, I keep saying, God, how can people be that stupid? How can people be that stupid to think that I'm getting to higher heaven? And I love this thing. You know, I, I, I'm going to tell you something I really like, and I heard somebody say it the other night. They showed a picture of old Bin Laden, and, and, and one of those news announcers says, well, he was saying that they need to be more of them modern themselves. Toward, and this guy said, well, why don't he modern himself? See, you don't ever see them big wheels, ever. You don't see them strapping on bombs, do you? Come on, folks. Let's get to the end of the cartoon. Okay? This thing's a joke, and they've got those people as playing the dunces, okay? You don't ever see, you don't ever see any of them big leaders, you don't see them strapping on a bomb and pushing, boom. Why? They're afraid to die. Don't you think they're not? They're afraid to die, or they would be the... What is leaders? Leaders are examples, aren't they? We lead by example. Bless God, what do they lead by? I'm not sure. Uh, guaranteeing you uh, a higher place in heaven, and of course the guys get, isn't it, seven virgins when you get there. I'll bet you there's a lot of folks that like to come back and rethink that this. Right? I bet there's a lot of them that like to rethink this whole deal, and you just, you know, you just, you, 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 you think, well, how could anybody be brainwashed to such a, a, a degree? And and what I love about it though is, they call their God our God, they call their Father our Father, and I'm going, whoa. The paralyzation of this thing doesn't even, I mean, it doesn't even get close. And yet the battle is upon us, and, and it's like I said. And folks, what, prophetically, <clears throat> we've overpopulated. I love what's going on now. I prophesied years and years ago, probably close to 30 years ago, farmers never did well with their, with their uh, crops as far as making money on the same relationship that the, the increase in living came to a lot of other industries and things here in America. And uh, they had $2.25 corn forever. And I said one night when I was ministering, in fact, I was right here on this stage, I said, uh, listen up, uh, there will come a time when the farmers will know and corn will become like gold. And I said, you will see farmers that got out of the business to get back in the business because the, the, the corn will be uh, double and triple priced. And now all of a sudden what's happened? This ethanol thing's come, hasn't it? Now all these farmers right in here, all they're doing is saying, wow, corn's going to double, it's going to triple. Man, I'm going. I'm, I, I leased out my 400 acres, but I'm not leasing that out now. I'm going to farm it myself because, man, I can make a gold mine on this. Now, what are they doing? They're taking food out of the mouths of America so we can have gas to put in the car. Can't have it both ways, folks. What's happening? Getting ready to come to the end of a real mess. Now we got the farmers. They're going to grow food to put into the cars so we can drive them down the road. What about all that? Corn going to become gold? Yeah. Corn is going to become like gold. 
and we're, we're not going to be able to, we can't feed this nation right now. Do you realize that? Well, what, what else happened? I, I prophesied back in the at late 70s, and I said, right at 1980, 79, and I said then, with a vision, I said, there's going to come a time that we're going to find out in this nation, if you don't grow it, you won't eat it. Now they have admitted, haven't they? They cannot keep, they cannot keep under any circumstances control of all this food that's coming into America and inspect it. We have got a lot of this food, a lot of this stuff that's going on, that bless God, that now is, uh, is uh, got all kind of bacteria and everything else in it. What's going on? Just exactly that. Just exactly that. So, where are we at with it? It's real simple. If you don't grow it, you know, now how many people understand how to grow food? How many of you in this room, if you, if you knew you had to go out, <clears throat> you had to make a garden, you had to grow the food and had to, had to put it up and can the food, how many of you would know how to do that? I'm glad to see there's some hands goes up because I'm going to tell you something. Folks, we've got a big job. We're going to have to teach. Do you realize those things are going to have to be taught? We're going to have seminars on how to do these things. We're going to also have seminars on what roots that there are out in the woods that can be dug up, that can be made tea, the, the, the things that grow that can be eaten that are edible. We're going to do this stuff not because we think it's cute, not because, bless God, we're, it's going to join some club. It's because it's going to be a matter of survival. See, if you grow it, you know what's going to be put on it. And you don't have the foggiest idea. You know, they've got now most of the ponds in, in our area are condemned. That the, 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 the level of, of uh, mercury is too high in the fish. It's even too high in the fish, I'm understanding, even now in the Wabash River here, which is next to where we live. It's too high. What, what is it? Cancer agents are being put into the bodies of the people. Where did it come from? All kinds of different places. So you, you say, well, what, what do we do? What do we do? Well, we just buy it in a can. You can't trust that stuff you're buying in a can. You have no idea where that's come from, and there's going to be a lot more horror stories come out of that. You just uh, stay tuned. Now, if I was in, uh, in the 20th chapter, which is, uh, uh, well, number one, chapter 20, verse 1. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before thee. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water underneath the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them, for I am the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of their fathers upon the children of the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Now notice what he said here. He shows mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Six days thou shalt labor and do all the work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God, and, and in it 
Thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy maidservant, nor thy, uh, or thy manservant, I mean the maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor the stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and uh, heaven and earth, and earth, I'll get it, the sea, and all them in the, and all that in them is. Boy, that's tough for me. And rest of the seventh day, wherefore the Lord blessed the seventh, the Sabbath day, and howled it. He had an awful lot to say there about the Sabbath. I wonder why. I always said when he said, remember, he knew we were going to forget, didn't he? The only place he said in these commandments, remember, he knew we were going to forget. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy ox, nor thy, his ass, nor anything that is in thy neighbor's. And all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou unto us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. Did they fear God? Yes, they did. But, uh, you know, again, they feared God because they had experienced this, hadn't they? And, and you know, that's one of the things that I keep saying. If, if And I've always said this. If every time we monkeyed up, we got struck by lightning, I'm not saying die, we get struck by lightning, there would be a lot of us doing a lot of looking up, and there would be a lot of us changing the way we're living. Okay? The problem that we have is we get to believing that somehow this omnipresent God, all omnipotent God, somehow wasn't around the last time we said this or did that. But he was. Payday comes. It comes to every one of us. The problem with payday, it doesn't come every, every, every Friday afternoon at 4 o'clock. It comes as God deals it to us. So without the lightning striking us, then we get to believe in somehow we got away with something. And that's what we do, folks. We get to believe. Well, well, that must not have been all that bad with God because look, look what I've done. But sin has its price. And, and I, I, you know, I, I'm no different than anybody else. It has taken me years to begin to realize that, bless God, that we want more of ourselves than we want of God. We have to, or we wouldn't act the way we act. We, w we wouldn't act as ugly as we act toward each other. Because we get acting real ugly towards each other. And bless God, then again, we think God's going to bless us. I don't think so. 20th verse, And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God has come to prove you, and that his fear may be before your faces, that ye sin not. And the people stood afar off, and Moses drew near unto the thick darkness where God was. You know, Moses, Moses was trying to only do one thing, and that was to carry out what God had commissioned him to do. Do you realize that that's all that any of us are set to do? You're here because you have a commission from God. I, the, the, one of the most exciting things about the entirety of this new movement of God is the fact that I always wanted to be in on the ground floor of something. And you're on the ground floor of something here. We are going to develop these fellowships. We're going to give everybody that's got ministry in their lives or think they've got ministry in their lives the opportunity to minister. That's far more than ever got in the church. We're not interested 
There will never be one fellowship the size of the people that we got in this room tonight. These fellowships will never gain any bigger than, than, than 50 at the most, which would be maybe one section of this site. What's that about? It's so that we don't start building kingdoms. It's so that we can still go out here when somebody needs a coat and buy them a coat. We can still go out here when somebody doesn't have the money to keep their lights on. We can see to it their lights stay on. They can have heat. We're going to fulfill Matthew 25. We're not, going to be, we're not going to be the goats that are going to be cast off into everlasting darkness. We are the sheep, and we are going to become sheep, mature sheep. Right now, I think we've got a lot of immature sheep. I think we've got a lot of people out here that, bless God, that want to be sheep, that, bless God, don't know how to be sheep, and, bless God, God is going to do something very important. He's going to let us, he's going to let us be sheep. Uh, 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 you, darling, you can come down here. We're going to take a short break here in a minute. And you can uh, bring down here whatever you want to bring. Let me, uh, let me go to uh, Exodus 23. 23 and uh, starting in the 14th verse. Three times thou shalt keep a feast unto me in the year. Thou shalt keep the feast of unleavened bread. Thou shalt eat unleavened bread seven days as I command thee in the time appointed to the month of Ebb. Abib, for in it thou camest out from Egypt, and none shall appear before me empty. Now, let me tell you something about these feasts. Somehow, it took a long time for people to begin to realize that when you go back and you look through the, through the history of Israel, every important thing that ever has happened to Israel or will ever happen to Israel has happened, happened during the festivals. Why is this thing about coming out of Egypt so important? Because we are about to come out of the whole world. And that's what's important. We're about to come out. We're about, as I said, there's scripture. We're not going to get to it tonight, but there's scripture that talks about the fact that they'll no, they'll no longer talk about, and they're talking about us right now, they'll no longer talk about the exodus out of Egypt. You know what they're going to talk about? It's going to be the exodus of Ephraim coming home. Right there in the book. It's all placed there. But in order for us to keep, and God to keep that into our hearts, He wanted us to always remember Egypt. Remember when you came out of Egypt. What was that about? Because they went through some tough times. But we also were going to go through tough times, but God was also there in the midst of all of them, right? With whatever it took, God was there, and, and, and God took care of it. And that was, you know, that was, uh, that was more than a little precious in His eyes. Uh, he goes on in that, uh, honey, that thing is still sounding like it's a, in a barrel. I know you're not messing with it because it must be just doing something on its own. Uh, sorry. Uh, and the 16th verse says, And the feast of harvest, the first fruits of thy labors, which thou hast sown in the field, and the feast of ingathering, which is the end of the year, when thou hast gathered in thy labors out of the field, three times in the year all thy males shall appear before, before the Lord God. Now that was when the temple was there. Impossible to do today because the temple is no longer in existence. 18th verse, Thou shalt not offer the blood of my sacrifice with leavened bread, neither shall thy fat of my sacrifice remain until the morning. The first of the first, the first, of the first fruits of the land thou shalt bring unto the house of the Lord thy God, and thou shalt see, not see the kid in his mother's milk, which just simply means you don't you don't mix the meat and cheese, okay, or cheese products. 
Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place where I have prepared. Now notice he sent an angel. Beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgression, for my name is in him. And if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies, an adversary unto thy adversaries. For mine angels shall go before thee and bring thee into them. There's all the armorites and all the rest of the rites, all right? And he said, I'll cut them off. He says, I will cut them off. Thou shalt not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do after their works. But thou shalt utterly overthrow them, and, and, and quite break down their images. And ye shall serve the Lord thy God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water, and, and, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Now, the key comes back to doing everything that God says to do. It's not, and one of the problems that I think that we've had, I think we've had some success. I think most of the success that, that some of us have had has only been in accordance to the anointing that was placed in us from the foundation of the world to be demonstrators of that anointing at that place and time within the transitional periods that which God has had us here on this earth anyway. And I, I, and I believe that is only, again, to demonstrate the fact that there's still a living God. I used to say to God, why do you have me travel the world, uh, the blind see, the, the dead being raised, the lame, the sick, and all these miracles coming, why do you have me do that? I said, what, what's this thing about? And finally the angel came and said to me, is so that the people will understand that he's still God and there really is a God. And that's when I began to realize that God would some point in time within our generation raise up, raise up the remnant and begin to let the remnant work the works of God. That's when I began to realize that, that it was going to happen, that what I was doing was just a forerunner within this thing, that, bless God, like I said, next, who needs a miracle? There's nights I'll be ministering and I'll be laying hands on people, and bless God, God will start healing backs. And I'll come down two or three people, and God will heal, the, heal their backs, and all of a sudden I'll look at somebody else and say, what are you needing? this? Oh, I've got this back problem. I said, hey, God's running a spatial on backs tonight. Come on up. Boy, that's arrogant. You bet it is. Because he's a mighty God. He's a mighty God. He's not a God to be ashamed of. He's a God to boast about. My God, your God, not their God. See, and the bottom line of this thing comes to exactly that. This isn't anything about their God. This is all about our God. I read the last page. We won. Amen? We won. It's just going to be a matter in what fashion in which we're going to do the winning, okay? But there's going to be some of us that's going to kick the devil seven ways from Sunday. Right? Some of us are just going to volunteer. I hope we all do. Why? Because I'm going to tell you something, folks. There is nothing impossible to you. The only thing impossible to you is you. It's what you think I can't do. Well, I can't. Well, my anointing doesn't do. Why? Well, I just don't like this. Well, no, your anointing, that's my anointing, won't do everything. But let me tell you something. As I said, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Who's that to? The believers. All the believers. Not just a few of the believers, but all of the believers. 
And before this thing goes too much further, we're going to have everybody, the blessed God, come to these seminars. Like I said, we're going to do, got to do a thing on faith. Got to do a thing on healing. And when I get the thing on healing, we're going to, again, I'll be saying, be sure not to bring your Sunday meeting clothes because we're going to pour oil. And I'm going to, I'm going to kick the anointing uh, in the spirit in your behalves to the point where you folks are going to be out here looking for people to lay hands on. Next! And they're going to come because they're going to see the evidence. They'll say, oh, that's arrogant. You'll say, no, that's just our God. Just our God. Somebody said to me, he said, Brother Deckard, have you ever prayed for a sick cow? Oh, yeah. Yeah. One time a man came and got me to come to, to pray for a horse. It was 16 years old. I said, well, how long are them horses supposed to live? He said, well, not that long. I said, why would you want me to come and pray for a 16-year-old horse that probably ought to be dead anyway? Well, he said, I love that old horse. I said, okay. I said, I've never prayed for a horse before. You know, I always like to put my hand on their head. And so I got there, and there that horse was, and I got my hand up there between that horses. I got my hand up there, and I said, God! I said, wait a minute. Walked over in the corner. And I said, "God, just how how you how how what, what, what do I do here?" He said, "Just command the thing to be healed. Be healed in the name of Yeshua." That horse went. <laughs> I didn't know whether to slap the horse or hug the horse. The guy said, "Oh, that's a good sign." He had <laughs> for weeks. Now, I was going to write a book on the subject, but I found it best to leave it alone. <laughs> oh, you'd be surprised, folks, if I was to write a book on all those subjects. Did the horse live? Yeah, in fact, the man wrote me about five years later, and that horse was still alive. He said a horse he knew it was a whole, the oldest horse in the county, that people were stopping by to watch that horse frolic, now listen to the word frolic, around in the pasture. Next! Don't ever go next to them when it comes to those horses and cows, okay? They'll... Brother Deckard, I've got a dog that's sick. Would you mind coming by? One time a little girl came to me and she said, Prophet, i got a chicken that's sick. I said, you you got a pet chicken? Yeah. And she's about about eight, nine years old. I said, you got... I took an annoying hanky out, and I said, hey, you take... If you can catch that chicken... You know, I don't know what pet chickens do. I said, if you can catch that chicken, tie this thing around its neck, not too tight, leave it on there overnight, and that, chi that, that chicken will be okay. I was there in that town for the, a week, and, and bless God, by the end of the weekend, here she came back. And she had that had that that annoying hanky in her hand, and she said to me, she said, Mr. Prophet, I said, yeah. She said, uh, I put this on the chicken. I said, yes. She said, I've got a healthy chicken. <laughs> she said, do you think I'd mind if I put that on my rabbit? I said, honey, you can put that on anything that's got breath. And you may put it on a few things that don't have breath that'll get breath. I said, just tie it on them and see what got it. What is that? 
That's our God. And people say, is God interested in little eight-year-old girls' chickens? God is interested in you and what you're interested in. See, people just don't know how much God wants to be a part of their lives. Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois, Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. So, again, you can also get more. All the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible. Shemalah, <laughs> 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 <laughs>